At Life Street Community Church, we believe that we are the church. It's not a building, a program, or a tradition. A church is people. You and I are the church, and we have influence. We have responsibility, and we have the honor and privilege of being called God's church. Each of us is part of that church, and that includes you. All right. I think those are all the commercials. Um, there's maybe more stuff in your program. Read along. But I am very excited today. Um, one, because I'm not speaking. Um, and uh, I, you guys are tired of me. But two, because of who is speaking. I'm very, very excited today. We've got special guests, Patrick and Michelle uh, O'Loughlin. Oh, come on, that's a name. O'Loughlin. You know where they're from, right? He's from Ireland. And uh, from Ireland, Patrick, originally. Um, and missionaries to Ireland. Uh, so just thrilled. You're going to love hearing him talk. It's just amazing. Um, so just really grateful to have them here. They're going to share their story and uh, get some family members with us today. So uh, just thank you for being with us. It's great to have you guys here from Monroe, some local family. So it's great to have them here as well. And uh, Patrick, would you come and share with us? Would you warm? Welcome, Patrick, please. Amen. Um, just a little bit of uh, background. Uh, I come from a, a small Irish family. Uh, I'm the oldest of 13 children. Uh, I've got eight brothers and four sisters. And uh, when I graduated uh, high school, I went to business college. And I graduated business college uh, with a degree in gambling. Uh, you know, a gambling degree is more expensive than a medical degree. And um, when, you, uh, when you have an addiction, and uh, when you have an addiction for uh, several years, uh, you know, you end up uh, pretty depressed. And unfortunately, uh, I, I ended up suicidal out of um, my gambling addiction. Uh, but I did the one thing that saved my life. I uh, went into the church in my hometown I called out to God. I said, uh, God, if you're real, save me. And uh, the scriptures say in the book of Joel and the book of Romans that uh, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. The problem was, I didn't know those verses. And uh, I didn't know anyone who, who read the Bible and I had to take a boat uh, from a boat to England, a train to Dover, a boat uh, to Belgium, and a train to Stuttgart, Germany, uh, for someone to share that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't know about you. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair that someone has to travel thousands of miles. Uh, just to hear that good news, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But that's the reality in, in many parts of the world. Okay, there's a uh, few churches, um, and they don't know that, that good news, that everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, Pastor Dan uh, talked about uh, God being good, and uh, sometimes uh, things happen in our life when we don't really see at the time uh, the goodness of the Lord. But one of the things that uh, we did in Ireland, our first term, was I was the community care pastor at actually uh, Assembly God Church in my hometown. It didn't exist when I was growing up, but about 15 years ago the church was planted. 
And uh, I was a community care pastor, and like, I think it was my second week there, I introduced myself to some of the men that were outside the church. And uh, there was one particular man named Rick, and he actually was a Polish. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Polish is the second most spoken language in Ireland. More people speak Polish than they do Irish. And uh, so Rick was in his 50s, and uh, he was uh, battling cancer. And yeah, he, he, he was very bitter about his life, and he was estranged uh, from everybody. He really had no friends, and uh, he was actually uh, also estranged from his mother in, in Poland, who was 87 years of age. And uh, I introduced myself, and he explained his, just some of the stuff that's happened in his life, and that he had cancer, and he was going through operations. I said, well, Rick, I'll, you know, I'll just walk with you. I'll, I'll you know... You, Apparently, you know, you don't have any friends, and uh, I didn't really know where he was with, with God. And I said, I'll just, you know, you let me know when you're having the operations, and I'll, I'll come visit you. And I did, and when he came out, I, you know, we had him in our home, and uh, I visited him. And, uh, you, know, uh, w- you know, obviously when, when you don't know how long you're going to have, you know, Rick, Rick had a bucket list. There was things that he wanted to do while he was still healthy. He wanted to go to... London, he wanted to also go to Edinburgh, and he just wanted to take pictures. And uh, he was able to do these things. But the big thing that he wanted to do was, um, was uh, go to Israel. He had never been to Israel. And, you know, he was estranged from God, but he, just, he wanted to go to Israel. And so I had never been to Israel, so I said, Rick, I'd, uh, I'll take you to Israel. I'll go with you. You're not really well, and I'll look after you. And, uh, I, you know, I took my son, Liam. And... Um, Another thing that was kind of an ongoing thing with, with me and Rick was, he said to me, well, Patrick, uh, you know, uh, when I die, I want to be cremated. And I want my ashes spread in Ireland. And after I die, I want you to tell my mother. I said, Rick, I can't really do that. That's, that's not really right. She's not going to be happy. And I don't think God would be happy about that. And he just, he just pushed back. He said, no, that's what I want you know, if, if do it or don't do it, but that's what I want. So, uh, so you know, we just started praying for Rick, that, that God would touch his heart, and whatever that issue with unforgiveness, that God would, would help him with that. So anyway, I booked the tickets uh, to, um, to fly to Israel. So it was uh, Friday the 13th. He reminded me afterwards, I bought, you bought the tickets for Friday the 13th. And so we, took, we had to take a bus uh, to Dublin, and it was like a two-hour bus, and then we were going to fly on to Paris and on to Tel Aviv. Well, when uh, Rick was so excited that he didn't sleep because he's on so much medication uh, that he, he might miss us knocking on his door. But, uh, so I, I said, how'd you sleep, Rick? I didn't sleep. And so my wife, Michelle, you know, we pick him up, and we go to the uh, bus stop, and it's 5.30 in the morning, and it's raining, and it's dark. And so as we're, we're getting on the bus, um, this lady comes up beside me, and, and she's got four bags, because this is a bus that's going to the airport. And I said, well, we'll help you put the bags on the bus. So we, we put the bags on the bus, uh, myself and Rick and my son Liam, and then we get on the bus, and we're two minutes on the bus, and Rick said, my medicine. I said, what do you mean, Rick? He said, my medicine bag. When we put that lady's bags on the bus, I left it beside the bus. I said, what does that mean? He says, I can't go. It's, all, it's my morphine. I can't survive without the medicine. And so we called Michelle and said, could you go by the bus 
stop and uh, like literally five minutes, someone had stolen all the medicine. And it's a two-hour ride up to the airport, and I'm, I'm like pleading. I'm saying, God, what is going on? This is his dream. He wants to go to Israel. Uh, and I'm praying. I'm saying like things like, God, could you put the medicine in the other bag? And, uh, and so we get up to the airport, and I says, Rick, check your other bag. And there was no medicine. So basically, we had breakfast together. We got on a plane, and he took the next bus back. Right? And, you know, we, we think about God is good. And I'm like, God, what, what's going on here? Well, um, we come back from Israel. And, uh, you know, God does a marvelous work in Rick's life. Uh, and Rick gets reconciled to God. And uh, he's, in, uh, he's in hospital now because he's not well. And he calls his mother. And he reconciles to his mother. And his mother, uh, 87 years of age, comes from Poland and has a couple of days with him. And they have a wonderful time together. And uh, then she, she goes back. And uh, about a month later, he ends up in hospice. And uh, I get a call, and the nurse said he's not going to make it through the night. So we rush to be with him, and he, and he passes on. And then a couple of hours later, the doctor comes uh, to... Um, you know, to certify the body. And she doesn't know who I am. I'm just kind of beside the body. And she said, wow, Rick, he, he kind of went very quickly. But, you know, he, he came to me a couple of months ago, and he, he told me this crazy idea. He said, you know, I want to go to Israel. I said, Rick, I can't let you go to Israel. You're sick. He says, no, I want to go to Israel. And, and she said, Rick, if you get on that plane... You are not going to even survive the plane. And then I realized why the medicine was stolen. Because God cared more about Rick. Amen. Because he's a good God. He cared more about Rick and his salvation and his relationship with God and his mother than he did about a trip to Israel. Because I was totally confused but all things work to good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So when we don't understand what God is up to, what he's always up to is something good. Amen. Praise God. I wanted to share um, out of uh, John chapter 2. And uh, hopefully everybody's got a shamrock, right? Uh, Michelle and I cut these out last night. And um, the reason I give you a shamrock is because the shamrock is the national flower of Ireland. Right, that's one thing. But then tradition tells us that St. Patrick uh, used the shamrock to explain the Trinity. Okay? When he uh, came to the Irish and he was explaining about God, one God, uh, three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they had no idea what he was talking about. So tradition tells us that he picked up a shamrock and he said, look... One flower, three leaves. What God, three persons. And so I just give the shamrock and then I ask you to write something on it. So you, you tell you're going to just get away with things here. But uh, that's why I never get invited back because I have everybody working here. Um, but um, it, I'd, like you to, I'd like you to write something on this, this, this shamrock that you can take home, that you can, you can just remember. And uh, 
Let me, uh, let me read this uh, portion of scripture first in John chapter 2, and uh, it's uh, verses 1 to 11. It's uh, probably, um, you know, everybody in Ireland knows this story, right? Jesus changes the water into wine, right? So, uh, okay, so, all right, here's, here's what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, the next day, there was a, a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip them out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. Verse 10, a host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Okay? Now, the wonderful thing about any miracle that's recorded in uh, John's Gospel, John actually gives us uh, the interpretation and the application in John chapter 20. He said, you know, that, uh, that all these miracles that I've recorded are written for two reasons, that you might believe, first of all, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, Okay, and then secondly, uh, that you might have life in his name, okay? So I gather everyone here uh, believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So what I want to do is tackle that second application uh, for this miracle, uh, the life that we can have if we believe in Jesus. Okay, so what is the life that Jesus offers us? Well, uh, the answer is, is found in verse 10, where the master of the ceremonies looks at, uh, actually through the bridegroom, he says, he says, but you have kept the best till now. Okay, in other words, what this miracle is communicating to us is that Jesus offers us the best life now. Okay, so I'd like you to write that on the shamrock, uh, the best life now. Okay, if you don't have a shamrock, we do have, we do have some extras uh, but uh, if you could write in this shamrock, uh, the best life now. And then what I want to do is give you three words, one for each of the leaves. All right? So I, I'm going to kind of expound on it. So here's, here's what we're saying. Jesus offers the best life now. Now, Okay, we all know people who do not believe in Jesus, right? And we would say, well, they would say they have, many of them would say they have the best life. 
I'm not a believer, but I have the best light. But I want you to notice something that the master of the ceremony says. He says, he says you know, he, uh, he says um, in verse 10, A host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had the, a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. In other words, uh, what people have now is not necessarily what they end up with. Right? So people who don't believe in Jesus say, well, I have the best life. Yeah, it could be good, but it's not going to end up like that. Because, you know, the scriptures say things like, uh, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to death. Or what does the profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul? Or broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many enter it. Okay, so... So, we're communicating that only Jesus can offer someone the best life now. Secondly, you know, as believers in, in Jesus Christ, sometimes we, we say, well, it's not really working for me, right? You know, I, I'm really struggling, uh, and, and it's not really, I don't know, is it the best life? Well, it's implied three things need to happen in the miracle uh, for us to really experience all that Jesus has for us. And these are the three things I'm going to have you write on the shamrock, right? Um, and so, so the first thing, I, so I'm going to give you three words. So the first word I'd like you to write is the word invite, I-N-V-I-T-E. So it's implied in this miracle that if we're going to experience the best life now, uh, we have to, first of all, invite Jesus into our life. Right? Because okay. he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. And that's powerfully illustrated here. Okay, he was invited uh, to the wedding. And so, if we want to experience what Jesus has to offer, we have to, first of all, invite him into our life. Right? So, like Pastor Dan said, it's, it's, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And we've got to invite him into every part of our life, right? Because sometimes we compartmentalize our life, and we invite him into uh, certain parts, and then we kind of leave him out of other parts. But if we're going to experience the best life now, we have to invite him into every part of our life, Right? whether it be our marriage, uh, our finances, uh, our work, our relationship. Uh, we have to invite him because we see in this miracle that sometimes, just because of the reality of life, a celebration can turn into a crisis, right? Because this is what's going to happen. This celebration is going to turn into a crisis. They're going to have no more wine. And it, it's better to have Jesus invited before the crisis happens then after the crisis happens, right? As someone says, it's better to build a guardrail at the top of a mountain than a hospital at the bottom, right? And so, just think about your life, okay? Think about any area that's not really working in your life, and I would suggest it's because you haven't really invited Jesus into that part of your life, right? And so, just think, wow, is he in every part of my life, have I invited him in? And the wonderful thing about Jesus, he doesn't force himself in. 
Uh, he waits for us uh, to invite him. Okay? We invite him, and he's a good God, and he comes in. In 1988, I invited Jesus into my life as my Savior. You know, I just did it so I could get delivered from gambling, but the one other thing about Jesus is he does more than what you could ever think or imagine. Amen? So that's the first thing. We have to invite him into every part of our life. If we really want to experience the best life, because anything we leave him out of, we're actually settling for second, second best. Okay, the second word I want to give you is the word involve. I-N-V-O-L-V-E. Involve. And so if we want to really experience the best life that Jesus has for us, it's implied in the, in the miracle that we have to involve Jesus in every part of our life. And, you know, we, we call that prayer. Okay, prayer is involving Jesus in our life because we see in the miracle, even, you know, inviting Jesus into our life doesn't mean we're going to live a uh, problem-free life. In fact, I think sometimes we end up with more problems uh, because of maybe some issues with relationships or, or uh, habits and stuff like that. And, um, and so when we believe, we have to also involve him. Now, let me just say something about prayer. When we pray, we are not giving God information he does not already know. Like when Mary said to Jesus to have no more wine, he didn't turn to her and say, I didn't know. Thanks for telling me. Okay. He, He already knows. But it's just a spiritual reality that sometimes, even though God knows everything about us, he doesn't, he doesn't get involved unless we involve him. You, you have not because you ask not. And, um, and so, so that the enemy will always challenge us uh, in, in our prayer life because he doesn't want Jesus involved in our life. And so what he does is he lies to us and he says, he says uh, well, that's for pastors. That's for people who went to Bible college. That's for priests. That's for religious people. You know, you're not one of those. You don't, how can you pray? Um, or he tells us, well, it's too late. You know, you, you should have done it a week ago. It's too late now. But I love this miracle because, you know, they weren't down to the last two bottles or something like that. They had no more wine. So God specializes in the impossible. And, um, and so, listen, let me just give you like Mary's model of prayer. This is how Mary prayed because she got her prayer answered. So it's got to be something that works. Mary, this is Mary's model of prayer. When Mary prayed, she had, she had a, a two-fold strategy. First of all, notice... She kept the prayer simple. She simply said, they have no more wine. And that reminds us of what Jesus said. We talked about the prayer of the Our Father. He, he, he says, you're not going to press God with many words. He already knows. But when you pray, simply pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Okay, and so the best prayers to pray are the simple prayers. Because those of us who are parents, when our kids come up to us and they have a request, we want that request to be as simple as possible, right? Right, you know. 
And um, that goes for husbands too, right? We like, we like things very simply. And so this is what she did. She prayed a simple prayer. So when you go to, when you go to pray and you involve Jesus, you, you know, you can leave out the these and the thous and all that stuff and just pray a simple prayer. Okay, this is the second thing that she did. She prayed specifically. She said they have no more wine. She was specific in her prayers. Now we know like, you know, there's certain prayers that are general that we don't know specifics about. And, you know, thank God he knows. But also there's prayers that we can be specific about. And we should be specific because God loves to answer specific prayers. Because, see, one of the things the enemy will do, he'll, he'll, he'll get us to pray all these general prayers, and then he'll show us where it's not working. And then that discourages us. But if we pray specifically, then it gives God the opportunity to show he's a God that answers prayer. Amen? Because then when it's answered, we can say, well, hey, that was interesting. That was God. I want to just give you an example. Uh, so we pastored a church in, in Dudley, Massachusetts. And uh, uh, it was a small church. And, you know, from time to time we had some financial challenges at the church. And uh, one, day, one day I come to Michelle and just say, like, you know, it's the end of the month. And uh, we're short and we just need to pray that God would help us uh, to pay the bills. And just before we... Um, went to pray, uh, Michelle asked me this very spiritual question. She said, how much do we need? And I said, oh, okay, let me think. And so I did the math, and we needed $300. So she said, thank you, God, for $300. And I just, I remember thinking, wow, that's, that's dangerous. That's specific, you know. Uh, so five minutes later, I'm going up to the church, and it's winter. And I, I take my coat out of the coat closet, and I take my gloves out of the pocket, and I put my hand in the glove, and I feel something. And it's three $100 bills. Try that at home, huh? Okay. I'm like, how in the world did that get there? Uh, well, see, this is the thing that... I, I don't know. I, I would have an answer. Michelle would rebuke me and say, no, don't, you, we don't know how it got there. Um, but I, listen, think about this. When you pray, God has all eternity to answer that prayer. Think about that. See, you didn't have five minutes to say, oh, I've got to give him $300. He had all eternity to, to answer that prayer. Well, when something like that happens, you try it again, right? Uh, so we were, you know, we're missionaries, so we have to raise our support, and uh, with the Assemblies of God, they're kind of big into percentages, you've got to be at a certain percentage by a certain time, and, and uh, we, were, we were short, we were, we were um, less than 20%, and uh, so we gathered the family, and we said, we've got to just pray, because, you know, we, we need to get to 20%, and Michelle did the same thing, how much do we need? And... Uh, and we needed $301 to be at 20%. So I, I said, should I say to Michelle, 300 or 301? 
said, no, she asked me how much, so I told her $301. We need $301 to be at 20% to get to Ireland. That same day, uh, I'm driving down the road with my son Liam, and um, there's a car coming the other way. And Liam said, look, Dad, look, Dad, look. I'm like, what, what, what? Look at the license plate. The license plate said, IR301. Okay, IR is short for Ireland. Okay, no, sorry. And the 301 was, so I didn't get the $301, but I got the sign that God heard the prayer, and obviously I got to Ireland. Amen. So, you know, so I just want to just encourage us to, um, in, in, there's, there's, there's nothing that is a burden in our life that Jesus does not want to be involved in that area of our life. And it doesn't matter how, how far gone it is, God, it, if it need, needs a miracle, we can ask God. Amen. And um, so, that's, people who pray experience the better life. Okay, the last word I want to give you, if we want to experience the best life that Jesus offers, is, um, is we have to, the word is imitate. Imitate. I-M-I-T-I-A-T-E, right? Imitate. Okay, if I spell it wrong, I just say it's the Irish way to spell it. That's, okay, so imitate. What? So, so, listen, when you look at this miracle, and you kind of look at the, the audience, so, okay, you got Mary, you got the disciples, and you kind of, say you're sitting there, you got the groom and the bride and stuff, and the family, and you, you say to yourself, you know, well, who has the best life in this, this miracle? Okay, who really has arrived? Well, you might think the master of the ceremonies, because he's the master of the ceremonies. But it, it's actually interesting about this miracle. It says that the master of the ceremonies had no idea where the wine came from. And then it says in brackets, but the servants knew. Okay. See, Jesus came as a servant. And if we want to experience the best life, it's totally contradictory to everything that we, we learn but in the world, but actually, the best life is the servant's life. Okay. Because, see, this is the definition of the best life. Is it, is it, a, is it a salary? Is it a, is it a square you know, footage of a home? What, what, how do you define the best life? Here's how you define what the best life is. The best life is that Jesus is speaking to you, and Jesus is using you. Okay, that, that, that's, that's got to be the best life. You know, you have a relationship with Jesus, he's speaking to you, he's guiding you, and he's actually using you. But here's the thing, Jesus only speaks to and only uses servants. Okay, he's not into superstars. He's not saying, I wonder where the next superstar is going to come uh, that I can use him. No, he, he only speaks to and only uses servants. You know, when the apostles wrote letters, Paul, you know, his favorite title for himself was 
servant of, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, right? So I can say, well, okay, Jesus, if you speak to me and you use me, I'll be a servant. But it's actually the other way around. If we serve, Jesus will speak to us and use us. He doesn't wait. He waits to see us serving first. And then he uses us. So, just as I conclude, I just want to just encourage us, you know, uh, if, if it's not working, it's not because of Jesus. It's because of us, right? If, if we're not experiencing the best life, it's probably because there's areas of my life that I haven't invited them in. Painful areas, but I have to invite them in. If it's not working, it's because I'm not involving him in every area of my life. I'm, you know, I got my plan A, and I'm going to work that plan. But Jesus is plan A. I mean, that's, that's, that's how it should work. And then thirdly, you know, if it's not working, I've got to ask myself, well, am I, am I being the servant, or am I having someone else be my servant? And if so, he's not really going to talk to us and use us because we're not going to do anything with what he tells us to do. Amen. Amen. So that's, that's our challenge today. If we want to see his glory, if we really want to believe in him, let's invite him into every part of our life. Let's uh, involve him in every part of our life. And let's imitate him in every part of our life. Amen. Let me just pray. Father, and we just want to thank you, Lord, just before we go into communion. God, as we, uh, you know, what, what communion is, God, it's, it's, uh, it's all those three things, God. You inviting us, you involving us, and it's imitate you, imitating us, asking us to imitate you, God. And I just pray for everybody here, God. I, I pray, God, that your spirit, God, is just working in our life. I, I pray, God, that, that Lord, that we would just, uh, Lord, just really open our hearts to you, God. And, and, God, just allow you to be who you want to be in our life, God. I pray for anybody that's in a crisis, God, anybody that's, Lord, just uh, on empty. God, that you come by your spirit, God, and that you'd fill us up. And, God, we thank you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreescc.com.